And I hope today's message um, seems simple. The message of the cross will just give us um, yeah, perspective once again to look to, to God for, um, um, I guess, wisdom for all these things. So um, today's message, I uh, want well, to, I guess, uh, say once again, good morning to everyone. Hope you guys all having um, waking up um, one hour early, um, doing well. Um, and so today's message is the message of the cross. And so we will be reading from 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. I uh, hope you guys can see that. I, I'm going to just uh, read it from here. Um, so let's all read together if you can, if you can see it. Um, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Let's all uh, pray before we start. Heavenly Father, um, all of us who have experienced uh, Christ in our life, we know just how uh, powerful um, your word is to us, and that just we're just in awe of your word. And so, Lord, today, once again, um, just speak to us all. Let us be once again in awe of your word and just um, just of um, your majesty, of your glory, Lord. And uh, may you bless everyone here, and uh, let us all really hear from you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Peter Cameron Scott, who was born in 1867, he was the founder of African England Mission. He tried to preach the gospel in Africa, but contracted malaria and had to go home. In his second attempt, he was very happy because this time his brother John was able to join him. However, his brother John died a few months later from fever. As he buried his brother all by himself, he rededicated himself to keep preaching the gospel. And he got sick again. And he returned to England totally discouraged. But after he visited the tomb of the great African missionary, David Livingston, he was inspired to go back to Africa, ready to lay down his life for the gospel if needed. He went back to Africa with a new team and died less than 14 months later of Blackwater fever at the age of 29. In northern Germany, two Moravians got into a boat, ready to sell themselves into slavery in the West Indies, never to come back again, so they can preach the gospel there. So what is it about the gospel? The message of the cross. 
that's worth all the sacrifices endured by Christians in these past almost 2,000 years. And why did they want to sacrifice so much so that others can, uh, to tell others this message? Is it really worth the cost? What's so special about the message of the cross that makes it worth all the cost? Well, it started from our Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, who came down from heaven to earth, take on flesh, empty himself of all the glories of heaven, becoming fully man to experience suffering as a human being, while still being fully God, to accomplish the work of salvation by being crucified and died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He was resurrected on the third day and sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, which is the good news. And today we will be looking at the message of the cross. Number one is Christ, the power of God. Number two is Christ, the wisdom of God. And number three is Christ, our righteousness, holiness, redemption. So first is Christ, the power of God. First of all, the message of the cross is the power of God for our salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. So the message of the cross is the message of the gospel, which is the message of the good news. The good news of the cross shows us the power of God's love. The power of God's love saves us, right? The power of God's love changes us. Romans 5.8 tells us, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. None of us deserve to be saved. But the Son of God, Jesus Christ, already came from heaven to earth to die on the cross for us almost 2,000 years ago. And before we even knew Him, while we were still dead in our sins, He paid the penalty for our sins. While we were still enemies of God, having no interest in God, maybe not even acknowledging that God exists, Christ reconciled us to God through His death on the cross. And that's from Romans 5.10. And who has that power to change the hardest hearts? And... Last time uh, in uh, January, we saw how God changed Paul's heart, make him like the chief persecutor of Christians to become the chief spokesperson for Christians. And we know that only God's love can, amen, can change the hardest hearts. So I've uh, heard this um, pastor, uh, Reverend Simon Lau, he established the gospel uh, drug rehab ministry. And in, uh, this is called Operation Dawn. And he uh, established in Taiwan. And he shared his testimony about his past drug addictions and gang fights. It's really just, uh, just touching how God uh, changed him from his past. Uh, I, I'm also a volunteer in the local Operation Down ministry uh, as well. Um, so I, I got this uh, t- uh, testimony about him from an online Chinese article. Uh, got translated, I guess, with some help from uh, the Google Translate. So here's what it says. In, eight, in 1984, Pastor Minghe Lao, that's his Chinese name, was sent by Operation Dong Hong Kong from Hong Kong to Taiwan to develop the gospel rehab ministry with his newlywed wife. 
Over the past 20 to 30 years, Pastor Lau has not only developed 13 drug rehab centers in Taiwan, but has also expanded Chinese gospel drug rehab centers to six countries in North America and Asia. Anyone who has met Pastor Lau will be moved by his urgent and fiery passion to help people get rid of drug addiction. It turns out that this very caring pastor had an unforgettable past. He once indulged in tobacco, alcohol, and drugs, and joined a gang. Stealing, robbing, cheating, drug dealing, and fighting were commonplace. However, after he heard the gospel and believed in Jesus, not only did he quit drugs, but his life was completely turned around. Hearing his testimony always is moving to see how God can change someone's life. And everyone, I believe everyone who has been saved by the love of Christ, has a story to share about the power of God in their life. The message of the cross shows us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God, who can save us and who can change us. And Christ is the power of God not only because He created the world, He has such He's omnipotent. He holds the world together by His power. Colossians 1, 16-17. He has infinite power being God. And we know that God is omnipotent, right? Omnipotent. omnipotent. And yet, why did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 1, 25b, he says, And the weakness of God, we just read that as well, And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So when was God ever weak? Well, I think Sister Azolia also mentioned how he came as the meekest way, right? So, so then why is it important that God came as this, in the weak, uh, meek, as uh, Azolia put it, meekest way? It's important because the message of the cross, uh, this is the message of the cross actually. And God displayed his power to us even in what the world may see as weakness. If you think about it, this is unimaginable, that God chose to reveal himself to us through weakness. God came to the world as a baby, not as Superman. Dr. Mark Yarborough, who is the current president of Dallas Seminary, puts it in this way. A quote, The omnipotent in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. embryo. And he who sustains the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God slept in the manger because of love. Unquote. So Jesus came to the world as a baby, and his parents, his earthly parents, had to take him to escape to Egypt because the king, King Herod at the time, wanted to kill all the boys around his age so that he can get rid of him who he thought would be the one uh, taking his, uh, be, be a threat to his throne. And that's why the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The message of the cross is that Christ is the power of God, displayed through his sacrificial love, his sacrificial life, love that changes us, and his sacrificial weakness, so that we can be saved, 
so that we can be changed by the power of His love and by the power of His weakness in His first coming. And we know that Christ is coming again. Um, and that's our hope as well. And so, that's the first point, is Christ the power of God. The second point is Christ the wisdom of God. Second, the message of the cross is that Christ is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is that we can be so rich, even though we can be so poor. Christ showed us this truth through His life. 2 Corinthians 8-9 For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, through His poverty, might become rich. And so we have been made rich through Christ by receiving all spiritual blessings. And because we are already made rich spiritually, we can give up worldly riches so that others may also be made rich in Christ. Amen? In this book, Happiness Around the World, The Paradox of Happy Peasants and Miserable Millionaires, Carol Graham writes about the studies made around the world on the measure of happiness. They found that within a country, the people who are wealthier on the average um, are on the average happier than the poor ones, but that additional income yields a lower increase in happiness at the higher income levels. And isn't this what the Bible teaches us about those who pursue money? Right? First Corinthians six ten. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So their pursuit of more money will yield less return in happiness. So the Bible tells us to be content with what we have. As long as we have food and shelter, we can be happy, right? First uh, Timothy 6, 8. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And every, anything else extra that God gives us, we of course thank God and just enjoy and just be very grateful, right? Um, and we know that, you know, living uh, here in America, we're definitely so blessed uh, materially. But these are all just the extra blessings. It's uh, just, yeah, we just should be so much uh, grateful and so much generous as well because of that. So in the research cited in the book, they found that one country, Afghanistan, has higher average happiness scores than Latin America, where living conditions, so Latin America compared to Afghanistan, the living conditions are better. And that, not only that, but they have higher average happiness scores as compared to the world average. So this may mean either that Afghans are naturally cheerful people, or that they have adapted their expectations downwards in the face of very difficult living conditions. And so, thinking about for us, how do we have joy as Christians? Can we gain happiness by downgrading our expectations in this fallen world? I, I think so. 
Christ has already told us that in this world we will have troubles. John 16:33. As Christians, we are not surprised by troubles. We can find happiness and peace in the Lord at all times. Amen. I I hope that's just something that as Christians uh, we will grow in that we can find happiness and peace in the Lord at all times, no matter the circumstances. And we can be happy because, not because we just pretend we're happy, we can be happy because we're looking forward to something. We're looking forward to the unimaginably bright and happy future, the inheritance in heaven, in heaven, in eternity, um, and not at the present circumstances on earth. And that by keeping our eyes focused on our eternal hope, our blessed hope, we can keep our eyes focused on God's mission for us on earth, right? And not be distracted by everything going on around us. But we can have a clear mind and be alert to know just how God wants us to live. The message of the cross is that Christ is the wisdom of God. But his wisdom is not worldly wisdom. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, wrong one, 125, hey, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Who would be foolish enough to give up all their riches, right? Yet that's what Christ did when he came into the world. And Christ also asked his followers to give, up, to give up anything that will keep them from following him, including worldly riches. It may look foolish to deny ourselves the things that other people see as valuable for the sake of Christ. But what may seem foolish is the wisdom of God, because what is eternal is what lasts. And that is the wisest choice that we can make in our life. In Christ, we not only receive the godly wisdom to live in this world, but also wisdom for the world to come. Hold on to Christ, and you hold on to wisdom. Our third point is Christ, our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Finally, the message of the cross is that Christ is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. As I was thinking about this message, I remember a song that I loved as a young Christian. It talks about how the kindness of Kindness of God leads us to repentance. Not sure if you uh, remember any songs that goes like that. So I looked up that song online to see if I can use it somehow for this message. Um, and then I saw the name of the writer for that song. So God kind of changed the direction, actually, um, of what I was intending. So um, as I look at the name of the writer for the song, I wasn't familiar with her name. So I looked up her name and found that her name has changed. And that she has left the Christian music industry many years ago while she was a young adult and then went into secular music industry. Also, it looks like she has left the church. So 
I uh, read uh, her story. I've been reading her stories and interviews, and here are just uh, uh, a few things uh, she she said. Um, quote. I was put in a position where I was supposed to live my life as an example for other people. There was so much pressure to be not, not exactly perfect, but a very weird version of perfect. And that's one quote. Another quote she says, I feel at this point in my life that I can worship in a Buddhist temple just as well as in another kind of church. I might as well be in New Mexico looking at the mountains. I don't feel I have to adhere to adhere to a certain regiment or routine or dogma. That's the end of the quote. As I read her story, I just thought about our young people who grew up in church. Do they really understand the message of the cross? Do they also feel the same pressure as this lady? This songwriter who shared how she did not want to, she really resented having to live up to the image that her Christian music company wanted her to have. And that's why she left. How about the young people at church? Do they get tired of trying to live up to the image that they think the church wants them to have? I hope our young people really understand the gospel. I want to make it very clear that the gospel is for sinners. If you're not a sinner, you don't need the gospel. But we know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, except one man. That is Jesus Christ. So we all need the gospel. We don't come to church to show others how committed we are, how good we are, how holy we are, how righteous we are. We come to church because church it's the spiritual family God has given to us. It's the gift from God to help us experience Christ's love and to grow in Christ. Just like your natural family is a gift from God. Whether you like it or not. And, and, and sometimes you may, you may, yeah, you, you may uh, have periods of time where you just, yeah, don't really... Uh, uh, maybe resent some something in the family, but I'm sure eventually you'll grow to appreciate and really love love like everything about your family um, because of Christ. So just like that, a family is a gift from God. Church is a gift from God, and sometimes uh, they uh, is being said like um, you know marriage is not meant to bring you happiness, but to make you holy. Well, in uh, the same way, even more, a church, right, is not meant to, you know, make you quote unquote happy, but to help make you holy, right? And that that is really the, the ultimate purpose of God for us. So um, maybe you feel church is a burden. Like there are so many things you need to do to keep up a good image. Maybe the young people will try to do their best to live up to the standards that they have been taught. They really, you know, maybe for the best, like the most, uh, you could say, devout uh, members, you know, they try to do their best to live up to the standards. But the question is, what if they, for whatever reason, um, you know, uh, maybe, you know, just 
uh, something that happened to them or Satan just really you know, attacked them? What if they cannot live up to the standards that they think, they, that they think the church requires of them? Well, they just quit and walk away because they feel ashamed about themselves. Maybe they will think this way. Why feel ashamed when you don't have to be ashamed? Just say goodbye to church and all the people there you have to face, right? And probably just, you know, uh, I guess say goodbye to God as well. But that this is where I just want to shout. No, this is not the gospel. This is not what church is about. You have missed the truth of the message of the cross. The message of the cross is Jesus. Jesus is, your, is our righteousness. Jesus is our holiness. Jesus is our redemption. Anything else you depend on will lead you to abandon the faith because you're not basing your faith on the right thing in the first place. The message of the cross means we can be free from trying to keep a perfect image in front of others. The message of the cross means we can be free from the fear of admitting our weaknesses. The message of the cross means we can be free from the fear of rejection when we fail, when we fall. We need to say to the prodigals, maybe you know some of them, that God is the Father who's always looking, who's always there looking for you to return. No matter what you have done, no matter how far you have strayed from the Christian life, there's always a welcome party waiting for you when you return. The church is always your spiritual family. We're here for you. We're looking forward to celebrating with you when you return. In the book, The Prodigal God, Timothy Keller reminds the reader that there are actually two lost sons in the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15:11 to 32. Both the younger son and the older son were lost in their own ways. The younger son no doubt was lost when he asked for his father's inheritance up front, left home and spent it all away on while living. The older son stayed home and did all the things he thought his father wanted him to do. Yet when his younger brother repented and came home, he became so angry that his father would so easily forgive his brother and even hosted an extravagant party to celebrate his return. He said to his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you killed, you killed the fattened calf for him. Luke 15:29b to 30. Can you sense the anger in the older son's voice? This reminds me of Jonah actually and how angry he was when the Ninevites repented and then he see that God's not going to destroy them. So how will you feel, guys, if you are the parent, okay, you're, if you're the father, and your child said this to you, your, your child, your child that you love, you brought up all these years, and then your child said this to you, will you feel very hurt? Will you say to them, you know, child, didn't you do this because you love us? Because we're your parents? So the older son revealed what was in his heart. That he never saw himself as a son. He always saw himself as a slave. 
all these years I've been slaving for you. And that's why the father reminded him in Luke 15.31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. For those of us in church, do we think like the older brother? Do we have this slave mentality? Do we think by coming to church, doing all the right things church wants us to do? Well, doing all the things church wants us to do. Go to youth group, uh, fellowship, doing our quiet times, memorizing scripture, giving offering. And all these are good things. Will make us better than other people. No, we're no better, right? Because at the end of the day, as Christians, we're all sinners. Saved by the grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And no amount of good works, no amount of sacrifices can replace Christ. In Jesus Christ alone is our only hope for righteousness, our only hope for holiness, our only hope for redemption. There's no righteousness, no holiness, no redemption apart from Jesus Christ. And because Christ is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption, we can get up when we fall. Because Christ is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. We have this loving relationship with the Heavenly Father through our faith in Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit, wonderful Holy Spirit. We just talk about just the, the most powerful um, Holy Spirit guides us. He leads us. He helps us to live a holy and righteous life. Amen? So what is God saying to you through the message of the cross today? Um, so I just want to add one thing is that um, as, as you hear this message, you, you may think, well, how does the message of the cross relate to current events? Uh, relate to what's going on in Ukraine, the war there. Well, um, or to COVID, all these things. Uh, well, we know that God loves, through the message of the cross, we know that God loves the world, right? He sent Jesus. So therefore, God loves the people uh, in Russia, the, the soldiers, even the, the soldiers fighting there. Um, and God loves the people in Ukraine. God loves all these people, right? And And so we know that God's love has never changed through since uh, human history, uh, since the last 2,000 years, right? We've gone through all these wars. <laughs> if you think about all the wars, God's love has not changed. The message of the cross has not changed. And therefore, Christians respond in the way of righteousness, in the way of love, in the way of sacrificial uh, like generosity and love and, and sacrifices all throughout history. So, so the message of the cross is, is relevant in all situations, whether in our personal life or in the world. Just um, everything comes back. As Christians, we know that the answer lies in the message of the cross. In Jesus Christ is the answer for all these things. And, and that is the, the mystery and the, um, the wisdom that we gain. So for you personally... Is Christ the power of God in your life? For you personally, is Christ the wisdom of God in your life? For you personally, is Christ your righteousness, your holiness, uh, your redemption? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just 
really want to uh, come before you and really uh, just commit the, the, this message and what we heard from you, Lord, uh, your word today uh, to our hearts, that you will truly let uh, Christ always remain the center of our life. Uh, be, yes, be the power of God in our life. Be the, be the wisdom of God in our life. Be our righteousness, our, our holiness, our redemption. And that we will not depend on anything else but in Christ alone. And Lord, I just pray even for those who are, um, uh, you know, seeking or um, who are uh, really just still exploring the faith, even, uh, even for those, that they will come to see that for Christians, we have the joy, we have the peace, we have the hope because we base uh, our life on Jesus Christ and uh, our righteousness on Him, and not on what we can do, but on what He did on the cross, and what He, uh, through uh, Christ, that we, we can have in Christ. And um, so, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I pray you continue to mold us and shape us, Lord, and continue to give us the vision to know how we can pray, how we can serve, how we can just really live our life, Lord, to your glory. And we give you all the thanks, and all the, just, yeah, all our love, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.